Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, I get to speak with a TEDx speaker, Holly Shan. I had the opportunity to attend TEDx Ashburn, their first ever, and uh, she was one of the first speakers to speak about her passion and what she's been doing with her life. Um, she comes from a background of animal communication and uh, has experience with human communication, which she then translated to just, you know, basically, basically she's an animal whisperer and listening to her story and her journey, I was just totally blown away. I was like, holy smokes, that's amazing. Like, I almost feel like that sometimes, like, wait, so why, why aren't people understanding me? But luckily as human beings, we have words. And uh, I'm proud to bring Holly Shan to the podcast. Hey, Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. So tell me, how did you, I mean, I, I heard the TEDx talk. I watched you, you know, perform it tremendously beautifully. And um, people who haven't seen your TEDx talk yet, how would you describe your story? Like, give us a little rundown. My story, wow. Um, I mean, my story, it's one of those, you know, I became an animal communicator because I wasn't completely understanding my own pets. And I've always been that animal person. You know, I've always, you know, gravitated towards animals more so than other people. And so, you know, I had that time where I said, okay, I know you're trying to tell me something. I don't Mm -hmm. know what this is. There has got to be a better way. And then that's when I met my first teacher. And, um, and I mentioned her in the TEDx, uh, Janet Dobbs, and I just learned about this thing called intuitive animal communication. And I was shown that, yes, this kind of communication is real. You know, communicating with other beings in this way is very possible and it's very real. We just have to learn how to do it. And, um, and so I learned how to do it and uh, just, you know, went from there. And years later, I was highly encouraged to go do this as a, as a profession. And I said, okay, I guess it's time to time to do it now. <laughs> it's time to, you know, bring this, bring this to a, to a much bigger, you know, a much bigger, much bigger stage and a much bigger scale. That's really, really awesome. See, the one thing that spoke out to me is, you know, you had, you learned something. First of all, you were solving your own problem mm-hmm. and you looked into it and it became a passion for you because when you solve your own problems, it's no longer a job. It's right. more of a passion project. And when you solve that problem and people see, oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. You should do this for others. And then it becomes a career. And that's where, you know, I don't know if you can call it the American dream, but I know that is, <laughs> you know, well, that I think is it's, a dream. I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, a dream when someone, you know, when someone's able, able to solve their own problem and have that you know, and, and just, and also have that passion for this thing that they do. And then they can go out and bring it to a worldwide stage, um, you know, for the betterment of others. You know, I think that's, I think that's more of like a, I guess you could say more like a global dream, if you will. 
um, you know, more like a worldwide trend and say, hey, you know, I've got something here that we can do better, that we can bring some goodness to the world. And one of the things that, you know, that I, that I say is that, you know, my mission is to bridge the gap of understanding between people and their animal companions. Because once we can bridge that gap, then we can have a happier home. And if we can have a happier home and a more harmonious house, yeah. then we can bring that to, you know, to our community and to the, you know, to the bigger, bigger community around us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's so true. And mm-hmm. the one thing that, the, another thing that you mentioned in your, in your speech was how animals are other, are other beings on this mm-hmm. planet. Right, yep. we are the human being, and there are other beings, mm-hmm. and we need to treat them similar as we mm-hmm. treat other human beings. And and what's what's funny is that sometimes we don't even treat other human beings nicely. Right, <laughs> right, and that's you know it, it's funny that you bring that up because, <clears throat> excuse me, because I would because I would always say yeah you know I don't you know people say well why don't you work with people and I say well I don't like people. <laughs> But really, but I'm great at customer service. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until all that long ago where I said, you know what? It's not so much that I don't like people, but I don't. What I don't like is the cruelty and just the violence that other people and the indignity that other people inflict on other people. Yeah. You know, and that if we could truly, you know, treat each other with, and like I say this all the time and you heard me say it, with mm-hmm. honor, dignity, respect, with courtesy and compassion, if we can treat each other, you know, in this way, then yeah, we could have we could have a better world. So I don't I don't like the I don't like it when other people are cruel and you know, unnecessarily cruel or violent or just, you know, dismissive. Yeah. A better word. I'm not even sure what the proper word would be mm-hmm. for what other people do to other people that's nasty yeah um <laughs> i totally totally copy that um one thing my friend uh, rob house mentioned is hurt people hurt people yep that's mm-hmm. what it is right people who are acting dismissive or acting it's because they've got a ton on their own minds oh yeah and they don't know how to solve that problem mm-hmm. they are or they might know, not be willing that's true. That's very true. They might not be willing or maybe they don't know what help they need because once you're set in a routine, you only know how to do one type of thing. And then you just, and if you're not an open-minded person, you end up being in that corner and maybe you have a, you know, maybe they have an agenda where mm-hmm. they just don't want, they want everybody to think like them. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, it it is crazy because some people can be so very super set, you know, Mm -hmm. in their ways. And like you said, you know, have, you know, have an agenda. And if it doesn't quite go this way, then, then it's wrong. Or if it doesn't quite go this way, oh my gosh, it's all, it's all screwed up, you know, or, or what have you. And so for some people, it's almost, you have to, in working with that and working with those kinds of people, it's it's almost like you have to say, well, could you be open to a different possibility? Yeah. Could we be, could we open this door? Because the thing is you can never really open a door gracefully by battering it down. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't beat the point into someone else's, into someone else's head. If someone's that rigid, you yeah. have to at least give them the invitation to walk through that door. Exactly. And with animals, and with animals, I don't find that. Um, 
you know, they're, they're very, they're very willing, they're very open and the, and animals are not as hung up as we are. They are not as complex <laughs> as, as we are, you know, yeah. on, on some of those things. I mean, great. And, and they will say, you know, yeah, they are creatures of habit. Well, of course, you know, when they, when they want their dinner time, they want their dinner time at five o'clock mm-hmm. and daylight savings time will screw that up. So <laughs> it takes a minute, you know, for them, for them to get back to it. So yeah, there's that routine, but you know, for the greater breadth and depth of, mm-hmm. you know, of what they are and just living, you know, they're not, they're not as hung up as we are. No, no, that's, that's, that's so true because they're, they're harmonious with the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one quote that I'll always remember from the matrix is when agent Smith has Morpheus down He's like, you know, I've looked at the entire planet Earth and I've looked at all the species of animals that are on this Earth and I don't understand human beings. Like they are not the same as animals because they will go into an area and, you know, devour or basically use up all the resources and then they go up and a similar animal that's, close to that is the virus because they're taking over they're destroying whereas animals they just take what they need and they just move on mm-hmm. which is really i was like there's that's a good analogy yeah and but they i mean that's not all humans it's only a fraction of them or maybe exactly. you know it's it's all it all comes down to okay well what's the world view you know we, we're living in the global world, I mean, now uh, in 2019, in the 20s, almost close to the 22nd century, we're looking at a lot more globalization. We're looking at a lot more people opening up about what they're doing. And, and there's a lot of movements, sustainability and whatnot. And, and um, like I look to animals and being a beekeeper myself, I, I look at the bee, the bee life and how they you know how they are assimilating with the with the world it's just amazing of um like what we need to mimic or what we need to at least learn from and be part of this world rather than like oh i'm just going to be here for 80 years i'm just going to destroy whatever you <laughs> brothers to fix my yeah. mess <laughs> yeah yeah and it's and it's wild it's wild because there are so many times when, you know, when I'll look at the animals and go, wow, you know, how, how are you able to forgive? I'll never forget mm-hmm. um, when everything with Michael Vick was going down. And I looked at my one dog who was with me and I looked at her and I said, I said, how, I said, how are you guys able to forgive? Mm-hmm. How, how are you able to do that? And she just has, she had, you know, just this grace and just this, you know, immediacy about her. And she just said, well, that's, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah you know, we're, we're just able to do that. And it's because they, you know, they weren't necessarily holding a grudge. You know, they don't, they don't hold, they don't hold that grudge. I mean, their body will hold on to a trauma, mm-hmm. cause, but that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, but in terms of, you know, mentally, um, you know, in terms of like holding a grudge, they don't, they don't do that. That's why so many other animals who have come from, you know, abuse cases are still able a lot of them are still able to to trust. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, and it's huge. And it's one of those things where I think, you know, I think with us, you know, with humans as, as beings and as species, I think a lot of us, 
want to do want to take the easy way out i mean in sales they'll do that too right yeah. they'll do you know they'll say okay you know make it you know make it easy for the customer you know so the customer doesn't have to think you know let's do that make you know when you're programming your website you know program it for your lowest common denominator so they don't have to think so it's not complicated yeah. and i think and i think a lot of times with people we you know a lot with i think people have decided to not think as much or think for themselves as much and they want to be led yeah. Yeah. so there there's a lot of that and i think that's this this weird cycle of things and then of course you have the few people you know the, you have the few people who decide i'm going to think for myself and you know what that's not cool mm-hmm. so and with animal and with animals yeah they can be led but they have to but they'll be led when they are convinced that you are leader enough for them uh. so i mean and there are some that are just you know what i know this and when you decide to make up your mind i'm going to be over here so it's wow yeah, so it's it's just a neat. It's definitely been an incredible journey with you know working with the animals and you know just working with them and the whole thing of also getting to you know working with myself because there's a whole evolution that goes on you know yeah. in working in working with another species. And I'm sure you've noticed that too, being a beekeeper. Mm-hmm. You know, as you you know as you work with them, you know you can start to you know have that you know be reflected back you know back in yourself if mm-hmm. that just absolutely no absolutely you're 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 totally right it's it's like you become a much calmer person when you're on bees Mm -hmm. because um if you're if you hurt if you're you know if you're rushing them or you're being rushing they're gonna notice that and they're gonna attack Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you don't want to be attacked by you know thousands of bees right and you're right animals notice that one thing that uh one episode of um, Dog Whisperer, I think I watched a long time ago, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember the gentleman's gentleman's name, but he was saying birds have a higher level of leadership than any other animals. And this, there was this one household where they had a the white parrot, uh, the cockatoo, mm-hmm. and how anytime he would enter the room all other animals would become submissive. <laughs> I was like, that is so interesting. But mm-hmm. the dog was not being submissive with the owner. Mm-hmm. The owner wasn't, rep- you know, wasn't being the alpha, I guess. It's right. a proper term. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. So the owner probably wasn't, wasn't being, wasn't being the leader. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, I'll throw out another word at you here is mm-hmm. authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, animals can tell, and just like children can tell when you're not being authentic at all. And what I mean by that is, you know, when what you're feeling does not match what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And if the words that are coming out of your mouth are not matching any of those, yeah, then they, they absolutely know that. They absolutely know that. And that's why I tell people a lot, you know, it's okay to speak into your feelings mm-hmm. when you're working with your animals, when you're dealing with your animals, if you're having a hard time, yeah. it is okay to be honest with them because you're coming from an authentic place and they're yeah. willing to work with you there. That's so, I mean, it's the same, same for horses too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's totally, and I'm sure, I'm sure with the bees, the bees are probably saying, you know what, just settle down Yeah. because we don't need this, fr- this frenetic energy here. Mm-hmm. So settle down because, uh, you know, if you can settle down and be calm, you're welcome, but otherwise go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling this, you know, as you were, as you were talking that, as you were yeah. talking about that with your bees. No, absolutely. And, and, um, 
when you mentioned, you know, talking to your feelings and my friend, one of my friends, um, Lila Smith, she's a, she used to be in theater, but she started some, some this new thing called say things better. Mm-hmm. And she has something called verb your th- words, something like that, where you're, you think of a verb and when you talk, you're trying to say things that match that verb so whatever comes out it's it's more it sounds more authentic or it sounds like the intonation tells people like and that's what happens that's what that's what you're mentioning is when you're feeling one way and you're saying something else altogether children can tell that you're not being authentic you're not really saying what you mean and animals can do the exact same thing Right. So that was really, that's really right. cool. Exactly. And a lot of people like to say, oh, well, animals don't understand the words that you're saying. You know, it doesn't matter what language you're speaking. Words mm-hmm. are icing on the cake Yes. for what, for what you're feeling. So, yeah. I mean, I can, you know, I mean, I could come out with a little bit of Yiddish, you know, to my mm-hmm. dog and, you know, and he'll know and he'll, and he can obey that command yeah. because he knows what I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, and like I said, it, that's just icing on the cake. It doesn't matter. That's you know, you, ha- you have to, you have to truly feel it, feel yeah. it and mean it and visualize it and then yeah. hold it and hold that in your mind's eye clearly of what it is you want them to do. Wow. Um, you know, as you're, as you're talking. So. All right. I've got a couple of questions and it, it has to relate. It has to do with dogs. Okay. So all three of my neighbors around my house has dogs, <laughs> have dogs right? Uh. Um, um, one on one side, they have an electric fence. So the dog comes out and she's an older dog. So she'll come out and she'll look around and she'll bark once in a while, but not too much. And she's pretty calm. Mm-hmm. But then there's new neighbors that moved in and they have two dogs and um, they're both black dogs. I, I, they might be, um, what am I thinking? I can't remember what type of dogs they are, but they're super black. Mm-hmm. The younger one is much larger. And as soon as she comes out, she starts barking if there's any people out there. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to the owner and she said, you know, she doesn't like guys at all. I'm like, well, how is she okay with your husband, right? So I'm, I'm like trying to decipher like, so anytime the dog comes out and starts barking, I try to go over there and I start, you know, try to talk to her. But then, you know, uh, the owner comes in and she's like, all right, come on in, come on, go inside. So, and they did put a fence up just so that the dogs won't get out of the, you know, go run out away. So, so I was like, you know, I'm going to ask Holly, <laughs> what can we do to calm her down? Right. Wow. She's like, she's never had this issue before in my previous house. And then they had covered fences. This is a more open fence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I wonder what's going on through, you know, this dog's head. Well, I mean, there could be, I mean, there could be any number, any number of things. I mean, you know, you say this dog is younger. Well, did they have this dog when the dog was a puppy? Mm. Did this dog, you know, experience a trauma of some kind, yeah. you know, at the hands, at the hands of a man? Mm. Um, did this, you know, and what, and was the trauma, you know, with, you know, with a man who might've looked like you, you know, mm. is it just any, you know, any man, you know, any, anybody yeah. who's a guy, yeah. you know, um, yeah, and there could be a whole bunch of different factors there. So, I mean, the only thing, I mean, it's one of those things of, well, I don't even know where to start with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it could be, you know, did, did this dog suffer a trauma, you know, like I said, at, at the hands of a man? I mean, I don't know. I don't think that um, animals come out of the gate necessarily not liking, you know, men or women or kids yeah. without, without them enduring a trauma at some point in their lives. And that's what um, trauma is a much longer episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a trauma, you know, and trauma, you know, is anything that, you know, anything that could have happened, you know, anything that caused enough of, you know, enough of a shock, you know, anything that caused enough of, you know, a, a terror, if you will, um, you know, to, you know, to this dog by, you know, by at the hands of somebody else, um, you know, and, and another way of saying it is, okay, well, somebody like this did dirty to them. Like, oh, yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, it, it's just like, you know, when you have rescues, you know, I had one dog who had a heart, who had a hard time with men as well. It took him a long time to mm. come around to my husband. But when I had, but when there were other men who came over who were, you know, who were very calm and very sweet and not very overbearing, he mm. had no problem with that. Oh, okay. So, you know, so again, it's what, it's what caused that, you know, mm. with that dog, what, you know, with, with your neighbor's dog. So I'm wondering, you know, what, you know, what happened? And she says, well, okay, with the, you know, she wasn't like this with her old house. Well, of course, well, she liked her old house. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's younger. She was probably, she's probably spent the majority of her time mm. in this old house. And it's probably going to be a matter of time yeah. before this dog can get used to her own surroundings, get comfortable with it and realize, oh, well, this is my house and that's my neighbor over there. Yeah. And okay. And he's not going to hurt me. Yeah. So, and the big thing is like, I don't know if you have, a, if you have a backyard or a back deck or just a way just to sit out and just to sit. Mm -hmm. with them like you in your house and her at her yeah. house yeah um i just sit and just so she can just get used to seeing you mm. and then you can work on and then you can work on you know maybe you know maybe walking by you can't help the situation by coming up to them and having her bark her full head off until she yeah. says oh i don't feel like barking anymore that never works <laughs> i won't tell you i guarantee you that never works so because part of that is, is that she needs to realize this dog needs to realize that you are not an enemy that you are not a threat yeah and that and that can only come in time and and it might be you know you're gonna have to deal with this dog barking her full head off at you yeah um you know, whenever, whenever you walk by or yeah. just, or like I said, you know, come on out and just, you know, you sit in your property and she's yeah. first and just, you know, do, you know, do as you do, you know, do your thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and be in your, and be in your wonderful, calm, authentic place mm -hmm. while she's out there so that it's proving to her that, Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. So, and like I said, really that good. will, that will take time. I mean, could be, I mean, I don't know if it, if it's a lab, if it's German shepherd, if it's a Newfoundland, if it's a Belgian shepherd, there are so many black dogs out yeah, there. You know? I mean, and plus also, you know, if the dog, you know, I mean, it, it's hard, you know, it's hard to tell, but all that to say, it really depends on the background of this dog. Why does she not like men? Got it. Got it. You know, it's really, really good point. Very insightful. Uh, and the second dog, so they have two dogs. The mm -hmm. second dog is a, a smaller, but she never barks. Or he, I'm not sure if it's a she or he, mm -hmm. but that dog never barks. I've seen that dog bark a couple of times, but that's because uh, either they sensed a, we have a groundhog in our backyard. Uh -huh. yep. So maybe the groundhog came out and maybe he's around, you know, moving around and anytime that happens then the second dog barks and the first dog is just curious 
mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, because the second dog probably doesn't have to bark because the first one's doing all the barking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that'll happen a lot. You know, you'll have a pair of dogs and you'll have one that'll be the mouthpiece. Yeah. And the other one won't do much barking at all. Yeah. You turn so, for me. so, yeah. And with groundhogs, it's funny because it also depends on what kind of prey drive, you know, these dogs have. Mm. You know, if they want to go after it or not. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they, cer- they certainly don't have to. My, um, uh, my, my fuzzy girl, the one that, you know, the one that I had that I was talking about earlier about, mm-hmm. you know, when I was talking with about the Michael Vick thing, she had a wicked prey drive. Mm-hmm. And she had a habit of taking out groundhogs. Wow. One and done. She was she was ruthless. And people were like, wow, and the groundhogs don't fight back. I said, nope. <laughs> there they don't isn't fight any, back, right? There um, there is no there's no time. <laughs> she didn't, you know, they don't have any time. Yeah. Um but we've since, you know, evicted them from the front of from the front of our house. And I tried <laughs> talking to the groundhogs. I said, look, there's a killer here. <laughs> you, you know there is a killer here if you go into the yard you are going you are going to lose your life if she is out there and it's like you know there was just this wall you know they were like okay yeah whatever they mm-mm. yeah there, there was no listening and, uh, and of course i you know if a dog has a prey drive i'm more than happy to encourage it because mm-hmm. if, they, if it's their natural instinct i don't yeah. want to i don't want to squash a natural a natural instinct exactly and i and I told her, I said, if they can, if they're in the yard and they can run mm-hmm. and game on. Yeah. Game on. <laughs> if they get away, good for them. But if not, that's okay. That's okay. But that, and, you know, I don't know, you, you might get some, you know, angry feedback from your listeners after, the, <laughs> after, after I just said that. But yeah, it, It's a natural uh, way of life on this planet Earth, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Some, you know, some dogs, some predators have a greater prey drive than others. And, oh. um. And that's it. I mean, my current dog now, he's got a wicked prey drive. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't let him catch anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> nothing's, but also nothing has come in the yard either. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, um, but, that's pretty cool. That's really interesting. Sorry, that just totally tangented there. Off. No, I love this tangent <laughs> because, you know, because that's, that's, uh, that's being our, us, our authentic humans, because we're not designed to talk on one subject for hours. Right. No, that's really cool. I love it. I was gonna, I was uh, thinking about, so yeah, in, so in our yard, we have a pretty big yard here in Herndon and mm-hmm. there's a ton of running space. So they, those dogs have plenty of place to run. And I think this groundhog has been living under our shed <laughs> or before we moved here, right? Mm-hmm. So I just let it be there because I I don't want to you know rip his home out and sure. if the dog catches you know and then so my neighbor told me that he has a little hole under his shed so what he did he he blocked the entrances on either side so mm-hmm. the dogs won't get in there but mm-hmm. then he said he the groundhog hasn't used that hole in a while so I'm I'm wondering where he's gone now I mean I I see him every once in a while in the morning but. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. He could have he could have created a, another tunnel. Yeah, um, he could have done that too. I mean, I, I mean the whole I mean the whole reason why we blocked off the hole under under our porch is because you know our porch is cement, mm-hmm. and there was a mass and there was a massive hole under that. And I said, oh my gosh, I said, guys, I'm sorry, I I can't, you know, I can't have you come up on my porch and start. Yeah and start chewing at, you know, my wooden threshold. Mm-hmm. And I can't have you, you know, totally annihilate, you know, yeah. this cement porch. So, so we covered it with, um, with a screen, you know, with a metal screen and mm-hmm. we made sure everybody, everybody was out. 
And, yeah. you know, we, we put that up and then we cover that with dirt. And I said, also, you know, I can't have you guys constantly eating stuff in my garden. Right. Because I would go to plant stuff and I would have these wonderful sunflowers. I'm like, great. They're tall. They're strong. It's wonderful. And I come back and they're all cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I think our neighbor has a Swedish lap hunt. Okay. It looks like that, at least from mm-hmm. the pictures. Okay. Cool. Awesome. That was that was really insightful. You know, look at the history. Yeah. Because, and that's that's what we are, right? We we form these notions and and thoughts as we grow up based on our experiences. So mm-hmm. obviously, it's gonna relate. You know, all animals have that same brain functionality mm-hmm. so to say yeah the body yeah the body's gonna fu- is going to function the same um you know and the body will hold on to you know any kind of like i said any, any kind of trauma or anything you know anything that has you know that has happened to it um yeah. like if you like if you think of you know if you're in a car accident if you're in a really bad bike wreck you know then it might it might take some time before you know you go ahead and you know, ride that specific way or, you know, take that, take a particular trail or yeah. do that same thing again, because your body's going, Oh, wait a minute, this, we wrecked here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, we, we wrecked here, you know, your knee got split apart here. I don't know. Um, yeah. but, no. it, but you know what I mean? But it's that kind of thing that the body holds on to and remembers. And that's, that's what, and it's the same thing with animals too, that when something like that happens, yeah, you know, something similar, then it, that takes some time to work through and, you know, work, yeah, work nice. Yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got some really good stuff in, really insightful about animals and human behavior, animal behavior. So you mentioned you have a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you ride your horse. Now, is it a male or a female? Uh, he's he's a male, so he's a, a gelding. He's a gelding, yeah. so which means he's been um, neutered. Okay. Okay. Uh, and in the horse world, they call it gelding. They call it gelding. Okay, you know, they, got it. When they remove the part. So yeah, it's neutering for horses. <laughs> um, so, but he, he's a gelding. He's uh, he's Nor- he's a Norwegian fjord, and mm-hmm. he's a very unique breed. He's very distinct. They're the ones that are cream color, and they have manes that stand up like a mohawk. So if you uh, if you see if you've seen the movie Frozen, I have. Yeah, you know the horses there um, mm-hmm. by Prince Eric and um, and Anne's. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, those horses are fjords. Oh, They're Norwegian fjords. Nice. And yeah, and he's yeah, and he's just an amazing horse. I've had him since July of last year. Mm-hmm. So and he's six years old. Okay. Oh my cool. goodness, is, is he six or seven? Yeah, he's he's six or seven now. I, you know, I used to remember his age really really well, but I think he's <laughs> six. But yeah, so he's six and he's and he's wonderful. And he's actually one of those beings that demands that I be not not just more than more than calm you know similar to your bees mm-hmm. you know more than calm but also grounded but oh. also you know serious so I can't come at him with oh hey my little honey no. I could still do that to a point but sure. you know as I'm you know but as I'm grooming him as I'm working with him you know mm-hmm. tacking him up putting the equipment on you know, I can't be in this place of, you know, of terror because I do still have some anxiety in mounting up and in riding. That's yeah. Just my, that's just after years of, you know, falling off and things like that. <laughs> of course. And I have, yeah, you know, and so I still have, I still have that anxiety there that I'm, that I'm working on. I have an amazing mm-hmm. instructor to, you know, that, that helps me, that's helping me through that. And, um, you know, and I know this, I know this horse is not going to put his, put a wrong foot forward. Yeah. He, he will not. 
Thank you and for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. Him, and you can find say, additional you know information on the guest today on their website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests. He acts more calm and and well he's just an amazing being i don't even know how else to describe it nice um, but you know it's like when i when i'm calm and when i and when i'm serious about the work to be done he mm-hmm. you know he'll stay put sometimes he likes to fidget because well, he's a young horse and yeah he like to fidget sometimes and the way and, my, and i've learned that when he fidgets instead of me saying oh now stop it mm-hmm. instead of me saying that i just you know take the hands off stop and look at him and go okay you're done yeah. Are, are we done here? Can exactly. I can I continue? Yeah. And then just go on. So, but yeah. And when I hop on, he's just you know, his greatest joy is working under saddle, is doing nice. the work. And I need to bring myself up with that. And it's one of those things that when I, when my heart called out to the universe mm-hmm. for the next one, you know, because yeah. I, I had one before, for my next horse, we said, okay, yeah, I need the universe. Kind of gave me what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nothing like I expected because I never thought in the world I never thought I would have a fjord ever. Yeah. You know, I thought I'd have a cure. I thought I'd have a quarter horse or some other something else that was mixed. You mm-hmm. know, never thought I'd have a fjord. But he's but he's great for me because he's going to help bring me forward. Nice. He's, you know, he's going to he's the one who's really going to help me through and out of the anxiety and help me do this thing that I'm just you know really passionate about and get back to that and hopefully I can start learning mounted archery on him. That's awesome. That's so, so yeah, cool. I don't know if you I, want to know all that, but I <laughs> do. I mean, I, I, I have a huge fascination for horses. Uh-huh. Like the longest time growing up, I think I, I saw the movie Black Stallion and uh-huh. all these horse movies, right? And I'm, I just yep. have this huge fascination. And I've always wanted to like go on horseback riding, right? Uh-huh. So, and I never ended up going. But then on our honeymoon, uh, like many years ago, we went to Hawaii and they had horseback riding. I was like, mm-hmm. awesome, I'm going to go horseback riding. <laughs> and I think the horse that I rode was a, um, what's those horses with big, big hooves? I used to remember. It's, um, it's the one they use for Budweiser commercials. Oh, Clydesdale? Yes. So mm-hmm. the horse that I rode was a Clydesdale, a very firm, very calm horse. And mm-hmm. it was just a fun experience. Like, I'm like, whoa, this is so much fun. And since then, I've been like, I've been like, all right, I'm gonna go horseback riding again. I'm gonna go horseback riding again. It's been 13 years, and I haven't gone back. And I was like, okay, I need to find somewhere close because you know, I drive, I drive on Georgetown Pike all the time, and I see there's you know horse ranches and mm-hmm. horse school and whatnot. I was like, it would be so cool. Try driving down Route 15. <laughs> yeah. So oh many. yeah, there, there are there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. The barn, the barn that I board my horse is off of 15 as well. Nice. So. Oh, we, could, we could probably hook you up. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come by if it's it. Honey, I'm going to go see Holly Shan. Uh, we're going to go horseback riding. We're going to go horseback riding, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> we'll awesome. Go take, you know, we'll go, I mean, I don't know where, where all the trails are, but we'll take yeah. my assistant barn manager. She'll go cool. take us and, you know, nice. we're going to go for a ride. <laughs> That's awesome. What's uh, what's funny is uh, what, so my, I have three kids, you know, nine, four, and one. And mm-hmm. the oldest one, you know, he's a bear scout. So we... Went hiking this one time, and we were all waiting at at uh, Riverbend Park. And as I pulled up and I parked my car and walking up, there's there's these two people getting on their horses, and they they're gonna go walk the trail. And I was like, "Whoa, that's so cool!" <laughs> and then recently, my brother-in-law he 
got lesson, horseback riding lessons for uh, both her daughter and his uh, five-year-old son uh, at the frying pan park. So they've been riding horses basically every weekend for the past two weekends, maybe. So I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Uh, they are some of the most amazing animals. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So this is a good point. Let's ask some questions that I asked my guests. What is one hobby that you wish you got into? It looks like you went into a lot of the things that you love to do, but maybe there's a hobby mm-hmm. left untouched. Yeah, I, I think I wish I could have done, I think, some more hiking mm-hmm. um, because I do, I do enjoy, you know, being, you know, being out in the woods. I do enjoy, yeah. you know, being outside. And I think I wish I could have picked up hiking as more of, you know, as more of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, because I see all the wonderful things and just like to be that outdoorsy, that serious outdoorsy type person. I think, yeah. would, I think, I think that would be a lot of fun because I don't know how to do half the thing that anybody else does, except for yeah. maybe hopefully get the right boot, you mm-hmm. know, while, I'm, you know, while, while I'm out walking, walking on a trail. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing that, I think would be, I think that's one thing I wish I could have picked up a little bit more. Nice. Nice. Hiking is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't hiked as much as I would like to as well. It's it's life, right? We we we're com- we're commuters in this in this uh, concrete jungle. We're just driving everywhere, mm-hmm. and there's just so little time. And I've told my wife, you know, we need to go out hiking, go out walking and hiking more. So now that the mm-hmm. weather is getting better, we're you know we're gonna pick that up hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Wow. Yeah, it's funny because I, you know, because I think about that question. I think about, you know, really, I have to pick just one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so for movie, I would have, I would have to say the Princess Bride, because okay. uh, we will watch it all the time. We quote it all the time. That yeah. that movie was a staple with my friends in college. Mm-hmm. So I have an extremely soft spot in my heart for the Princess Bride. Nice. Um, yeah. So there's that one, and not to mention, you know. Mark Knopfler playing the music in it mm. um, was all. You know, was also was also great. And then for favorite TV show, that one's kind of rough because yeah. we've been watching Big Bang Theory, so that one's that one's fun just because you know yeah. we're familiar with those people. Like we've you know, we we've gone <laughs> to college with the, with those people, so yeah. that's kind of fun. But yeah, it's, we don't do TV as much anymore as we used. Although I mean, okay, although. Uh, be honest here, Holly. Um, Doctor Who. I'm a huge Doctor Who. Oh my fan. God! Yeah, I love Doctor Who. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, and I'm awesome. kind of and I'm upset because I haven't been able to watch Jodie Whittaker's season. So I'm oh, up on that. I think I don't know if I finished this, the latest season or not, but mm-hmm. um, who? Okay, so since you're <laughs> since Doctor Who is your favorite TV show, right? Yeah. Who's your favorite Doctor? Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay. If we're going into originals, it with the original series. I, I haven't seen the original series, unfortunately. Okay, I'm gonna tell you anyway. Uh, okay. If it's okay, if it's the original series, I would have to say I would have to say John Pertwee, mm-hmm. um, because I met the man. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I met him at a at a, at a convention. He was very cool. Um, let's see for the re for the new for the new series. Um, yeah, I would have to say David Tennant. Um, oh, I love, too. I love David Tennant. He me was, too. he was so much fun. He embodied a lot. Um, and I would have to say, um, I can't say honorable mention, but I also, um, I really enjoyed Peter Capaldi. 
Um, yeah, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed him because he, I think, embodied a lot of the rage that the doctor oh. had. You figure like over 900 years old, something's got to be brewing. And I think, yeah. he, and I think he, he brought that. And I think David Tennant brought this, he brought the seriousness. He brought this wonderful sense of chaos, but he, and he, and he still, he still brought the compassion. He still also brought the rage too, but it's like, yeah. I, yeah, David Tennant is, you know, for this season or for this Absolutely. newer right. incarnation, I should say. You're right. And, and I never meant, I never noticed the rage and, and you've seen the original series. So mm-hmm. of course, you know that better. Yeah. David Tennant did an excellent job. And then I saw David Tennant, you know, on Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> can this man do any better <laughs> he you know what he's also brilliant in hamlet if you can watch oh really watch him as hamlet mm-hmm. oh he's brilliant okay oh the man can do no wrong <laughs> oh. <laughs> i mean what yeah see if you can if you can catch like on netflix or something and i forget which specific production it is but yeah. just yeah i'll find it ca- ca- yeah catch him doing hamlet Nice. That's awesome. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I would never have pinned you for a Doctor Who fan. Oh yeah, and I'm a Star you know? I'm a Star Trek and Star Wars fan too. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen the latest Star Trek? The Enterpr- the Discovery? No, we haven't caught Discovery yet. Okay. All right. I I, I just finished the two seasons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I cuz I never really I didn't grow up in in the United States, so I never really got into the original Star Trek. Uh-huh. And um and I've been wanting to get into it, but I was like, I can't watch 50 years of. <laughs> we call that binge watching. <laughs> that'd be that'd be three years of my life <laughs> watching Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but they did a really good job. And I got into Star Trek when they did the new reboot of the movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, okay, there's something to see here. And yeah. This new se- the, the new two seasons. Took me a while to get into it because kids and time, you know, it's just forever. Sure. Now the Orville isn't bad either. Oh um, my God, Orville is amazing. They, their writers are spot on. Holy oh, cow! I mean, because yes. for for as funny and as flip as they are, yeah, they they have that way of just getting in there, just on the you know way to go on the social topics, guys. Yeah. My God, yes, thank yeah. you, mm-hmm. thank you, and and not just that, but but also. Like it all came out to be, okay, this is going to be a comedy. They're going to rip everything off, but no, mm-hmm. it's very, very original. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good show. And yes. then like the way, you know, and the way they've categorized the Mocklins, yes. you know, with their, you know, with their whole society and everything. And we were just, yeah. we, were, we were catching up on the DVR last night yeah. um, on some of them going, wow. Or, or we could look at it and say, you know what? Yeah, that's the episode where Next Gen had the two Rikers. You know, <laughs> so so yeah. So for so for all that for all that I am, you know, an, an environmentalist and definitely part of you know animal you know animal welfare causes and things yeah. like that. I am a I am yeah a sci-fi fantasy geek. Nice. Sure. Um, what's interesting is now that you're mentioning, you know, that Orville and the Star Trek. So maybe. So from my perspective, Orville is brand new to me since I've never seen the original Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So are they taking stories from the original Star Trek and bringing to Orville? Not as such. So it's not like Orville is tracking with and recreating Mm -hmm. the stories that were of original Star Trek um, or Mm -hmm. even of Next Gen. Um, But on the one episode that we saw... 
there was one where the Orville went through like some kind of thing that um, screwed around with the timeline, and so yeah. they wound up bringing back a younger, um, a younger Kelly. I'm forgetting her. I'm forgetting the character's last name. Uh-huh. Um, the, the commander. So it brings back a younger her, mm-hmm. and so now you have two of the same person on board, which. All which in next gen there was a transporter malfunction or something that yeah. created two that created two Rikers. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Either cool. created two or pulled one from another from another timeline. I forget exactly what. Yeah. Okay, it's got a similarity here. So they don't fully bring on the full timeline. They just yeah. have similarities or nods to other issues that were, I think that were touched on back in right. those years, and, and they're doing them in a re- in a really neat way. Yeah. No. So, I guess. I guess if I if I had to compare anything at all, it's like Simpsons is the original Star Trek. <laughs> Family Guy <laughs> is the Orville. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because you know Seth MacFarlane. Um, exactly. Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> right. I and only. And only somebody who's seen, you know, the Star Trek and mm-hmm. Simpsons and that parallel yep. can, you know, can understand, wow, like, whoa. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Well, that was, that was awesome. That was, that was a really cool tangent on superheroes or, or movies, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, two more questions. Sure. And, um, um, so who is your favorite superhero? Uh, you know, I think about that and... I love I love Xena, mm-hmm. Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, yes, I remember. Love her, and if I have to go to a comic book hero, um, I would say Green Arrow. Okay. Um, because you know I love archery. Yeah. And I just love this archer, um, who you know uses his rage as a point of power, and I, and I think I like that a lot with hero with heroes as well. Mm-hmm. You know when they when they can when they have this you know this anger and this rage, but that is their but that's their core of their power to still win the fight as it were. That's just what I like to see in my heroes. So, but yeah, but I love, I love Xena. Um, and I love the way Lucy Lawless played her. Nice. So yeah. total, total, you know, um, badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember absolutely. watching those shows growing up here. All right. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, it's not quite a board game but okay. i would say cards against humanity, cards against humanity. <laughs> because you never know what weird i mean when i when i'm really casual you know with yeah. friends, some of it you never know what weird thing is going to come out yeah. of my mouth or what irreverent thing is going to come out of my mouth yeah. um <laughs> So and also it tends to be tends to be a little bit different. And also I haven't played a whole heck of a lot of board games, so mm-hmm. that's the closest thing I can think of is Cards Against Humanity. Okay, you know I haven't played that game yet. I've heard a lot about it, and um, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I want to play that game because I have kids around. I'm the kids you, are too tired. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to play the game with kids. No, um, I, I mean it was weird enough playing. It was weird. I'll tell you what. It was weird enough playing that game with my nephews who are. <laughs> You know, with my nephews who are like, you know, who are young adults now and playing in front of them with the whole family (laughs) and my parents are there. Yeah. And I just, wow, that just happened. We just said this in front <laughs> my nephew just said that, you know, and I have to remember like, no, my nephew's grown up now. He's, you know, they, yeah. 
to a grown men and they can exactly. say they can say things like that. And I'm going, who taught you how to say that? You know? But yeah, so yeah, you do not want to play Cards Against Humanity with your kids at all. Yeah. That's something that you get together with your buddies <laughs> and you and you just have a time where you you laugh and you just have a bunch of time where you're just not right. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, well, Holly, this was really great. I, I <laughs> absolutely love talking to you. We could go on for another 30 minutes or an hour. Dude, yeah, I could talk, sure. I could talk you for all your so off. Yeah, sure. absolutely. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll have to do another episode and we could talk about the trauma and, you know, pick some more of these uh, things that we, that we like um, sure. to talk about. Um, where can my audience find you? Sure. So uh, they can find me online. My website is www.compassionspeaks.com. Awesome. Um, so that's, that's my website and all my contact information is there. Um, they can also, I also have a wonderful free Facebook group community called the Peaceful Pet Playground. Ooh, and, yeah, that's, okay. and that's where we like to, and that's a drama free um, you know, Facebook, you know, Facebook community where we get to just talk about, talk about our animals, talk about things that work, what doesn't work. And, you know, we can help each other out with advice. And of course, lots of, lots of photos. Nice. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Holly. I'll be sure to include these links on the show notes for this episode and let you know when it comes out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.